somebody, let's talk to Jesus. Jesus, I can't leave the way I came. I'm not satisfied. I'm thankful, but I'm not satisfied. I want more peace. I want more joy. I want deeper compassion for my neighbors. God, I love you. God, I need you. God, I can't go a day without you. Come on, somebody. God, you're faithful. God, you're holy. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, somebody do it in the face of a lion devil. Come on, somebody do it in the face of a Tuesday devil. Come on, somebody do it in the face of, of the devil from last month. Yeah, the one that told you you wouldn't make it to September. The one that told you you would have given up by now. Come on, somebody, push back. Come on, somebody, resist. Hallelujah. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. know the battle for that eternal glory is not a battle we fight in day or week month or year increments it is moment by moment minute by minute and sometimes it hurts too much to think about what next month holds how things are going to pan out at the end of the week we just have to make that conscious decision that I'm going to live for God right now. And when tomorrow comes, I'm going to live for God tomorrow. And if God lets me get to next week, I'm going to live for God next week. And it's something we're doing all the time, every day. It's the little battles that win the war. Amen. 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 Well, it's an honor to be here. And uh, I'm going to get through these preliminaries very quickly. I want to honor my pastor, uh, the man of God in my life, the angel in my life. I love and appreciate my pastor and his incredible contribution to me. Amen. Amen. I want to also honor our elders of Cornerstone. We love you. We need you. You are wanted. We appreciate you in Jesus' name. You know, I remember as a kid uh, to get to the men's prayer room in the church I grew up in. Uh, you'd have to walk through the ladies' prayer room. And there was this, uh, this old lady named Bonnie Kettner. She would, she would be touching heaven. And I remember as a little boy walking through that prayer room and hearing her talk to God. And she was such a beautiful lady. And it's so valuable, our elders. 
They are so valuable, our elders. Amen. For holding this up and paving the way for us. Amen. I want to give a special honor to my pastor's wife, the most beautiful, lovely, amazing woman in Pentecost. There's not, they don't make them like that anymore, man. She is, she is an incredible woman. I love and appreciate her so much. I have a memory also of, of Sister Mayo. Is this okay? Just real quick. I remember walking into the old building and uh, the light was silhouetting Sister Mayo just right. She was in there. It was just her and, uh, and the organ. And I remember walking in. I don't think she saw me. She was just playing that organ. Those are beautiful moments. When you see your pastor's wife just using her incredible skill to praise God. Just her and Jesus. Amen. 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 I told her if I knew she'd be here, I'd preach something different. But now you're stuck with what God gave me. So told her I would have preached Jesus loves you and been real good and safe and and uh, would have got a pat on the head but I really believe God gave me a message for Cornerstone tonight I I really felt this strongly and I see a lot of new faces here we are so glad to have you you are welcome here this is a safe place it may look different it may sound different but that's okay because let me tell you, a familiar sound is not of God. We don't want to look like the world. We don't want to sing like the world. We don't want to talk like the world. We hope when you walk in here, it is culture shock. Because the kingdom of God is culture shock. Amen. Amen. We are so glad to have you. And we hope that you will enjoy your time with us today. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Psalms chapter 40. And verse 1, and I'm just going to really lean on you today to help me through this message. I have I've never preached this before. I uh, started putting this together last night and uh, had to get up this morning at 1.30 Spokane time to catch a plane from Atlanta. So I have, uh, I have been going since very early this morning, but I'm hoping that Mayo energy kicks in. And I can shout and roll and spit until I run out of steam and, uh, and you all get a word from God. Amen. It's not kicked in yet, but it's coming. Psalms chapter 40 and verse 1. The Bible says to the chief musician, a psalm of David, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of in horrible pit. Now, who's ever been in a horrible pit? I love the qualification on that. Now, I don't know about you, but any pit, I think, automatically is already pretty bad. But a horrible pit. Man, we're going to level two. But the Bible says, out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay 
and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. You know what? I believe if somebody would get a little faith, God can pull you out of the pit tonight. I believe if somebody would employ just mustard seed faith, God could create an escape plan for you tonight and pull you out of a horrible pit. Now, I know some, I know some of you, you all, you, you've had a, a, a pit of a day, a pit of a week, a pit of a month. But there's people, man, you've had a pit of a life. You've had a pit of a year. God did not design that pit to be your grave. You're coming out. You're coming out. I know it's been a while. I know you've set up camp in that pit. I know you've become so familiar with the walls and with the furnishings of the pit, though they may just be rock and stubble and clay. Don't get used to the pit. It's time to come out. So I want to do my best with your attention and the power of the Holy Ghost to teach to you today the deeper your pit, the higher your summit. The deeper your pit, the higher your summit. Why don't you put your Bibles down and let's pray. God, God, I've been in a dark place too long. God, I've, I've had to deal with the wet. I've had to deal with the dry. I've had to deal with, with, the, with the scant resources. And God, I want out. God, I want to live again. I want to fill my feet on solid ground again. God, I want to move forward again. God, my confines of this pit, it's been too long, God. I want out. I want out. I want out. God, I pray, give me the courage. Give somebody the strength. Give somebody the hope to come out. Come on. We're already pushing back against the doubt that it's always going to be this way. That it's never going to change. I've been addicted for years. I'm going to stay addicted. I've been bound for years. I'm always going to be bound. Come on, somebody. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. In life, we all hope for mountaintop experiences, times and moments in time when we can receive clarity, direction, and a sense of satisfaction that comes from completing something difficult. It's not the daily or even the monthly victories that we truly relish in. But it's the lifelong battles, the year-long challenges, that when we finally experience ascension, that we truly find lasting joy. 
And let me insert this here real quick. Friend, it is no time to abandon your process. It is no time to find an easier way out of your God-ordained trial. It is no time to try to find a way to ease the pain of what God is trying to put you through. The design of your trial will be usurped if you try to find an easier way. You've got to press in and say, come hell or high water, I'm coming out of this. I'm not looking for an easier way. I'm not looking for an easier path. I'm looking for a God-ordained victory. Too often we're looking for helicopters to the top of our mountain. And God designed that trial just for you. Every cleft, every rock, every heartache, every pain is designed to draw out of you what God designed you to be. Amen. This is why the conversion process is so powerful. And will send shockwaves through an individual's life. It affects their children, their spouses, their friends and co-workers. Because someone has come out of darkness into his marvelous light. Somebody has come out of heartache. Somebody has come out of pain. Somebody has finally realized they can make good on missed opportunities. People have come out of a life of absolute wandering. People's hearts have been broken so many times. They don't even know if the pieces still exist to put them back together. And when they finally come in contact with a nail-scarred Savior, it sends absolute shockwaves through their life. Because for the first time, they've got hope. For the first time, they've got peace and something other than a drug, something other than a relationship. They're coming out. Luke chapter 1 verse 79 tells us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. 1 Peter 2 and 9 tells us that he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. John chapter 3 verse 19 says, and this is the condemnation, that light, illumination has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. They would rather stay in the pit because it is familiar. They would rather stay in darkness because that's all they know. It stands to reason that the level of satisfaction we draw from our summit experience largely depends on our starting point. It matters where your feet are when you start this journey. When your journey starts has a large effect on how you are changed when you reach that summit. And these are summits and journeys and valleys that you will experience again and again in your Christian walk. Two people can climb the exact same mountain and both receive the reward of a job well done. But it's those like Kyle Maynard, a quadriplegic 
with no arms and no legs that climbs a mountain like Kilimanjaro, a freestanding mountain of 19,000 feet above sea level that really receives the satisfaction of doing something difficult. How you start is inconsequential. It's how you finish. It took him 17 days to climb Kilimanjaro in a bear claw. It was on the fourth day climbing this incredible mountain that he, deci- that he started to have the feelings of giving up. No arms, no legs, those around him struggling just with, with the faculties they did have. And in his mind saying, I know I didn't start in the same place you did. I know I started in a pit, but my God, I'm going to reach it all the way to the end. And he talks about how those that were with him began to encourage him and push him. And you know, I know you didn't start like other people, but you can do it. You can make it. I know you don't have all the tools the guy next to you's got, but if God be for you, who can be against you? I'm talking to those that you didn't get a good start on life. I'm talking to those that as children, you were abused physically, mentally, sexually. And you come to God and you don't feel like you've got the same starting point as those of us raised in church. I've got a God that is powerful enough. Regardless of how you start, you can finish. Well, my God, my pit... It is so dark. It is so deep. I don't know how I'm ever going to get out. Let me tell somebody, lean on Jesus. Lean into the prayer room. Lean into those that have been there. If God be for you, who can be against you? Luke chapter 7 verse 40 gives us the incredible illustration of the alabaster box and the woman who broke it at Jesus' feet. The Bible says, Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed him 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. And Jesus poses this incredible question of who loves more? Simon answered and said, I suppose he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, seest thou this woman? I had entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. For she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Folks, I've got to tell you, I have been, I have been given an amazing life. God blessed me by raising me in a church where I could receive truth at a young age. And I owe it to God to give him my best. All I, all, listen, listen, young person that has been raised in church, at your very least, you owe it to God to give him your whole life. Because you had a mom and dad that brought you to church and that loved on you. And they weren't perfect, but they showed you at least the right direction to go in. 
But let me tell you, there are people in this church today, you did not get that opportunity. You did not get that chance. You had to come to God on your knees, begging God, God, help me. I don't want to live this way. And I got to tell you, I honor you. Because coming out of a pit that is deep, that is wide, that... I want to encourage somebody. God can bring you out. God can use you. God does love you. God does have a summit for you. I know you're broken. I know you've been hurt. But God has an escape plan for that pit. Some don't get the starting point. That many do. And those that do get it, many times don't value it enough to use it as a launching point and find themselves handicapped by their choices. Many in our world today don't get a mom and dad in the home. Many are abused. Many abuse themselves. But when life throws you in a pit, sometimes you lose sight of what normal living looks like. And all you know is darkness. All you can hear, like Joseph in the pit, we're going to get to this, is his brothers eating and supping. And he can just hear what's going on outside the pit. It's dark. It's wet. There's no, there's no way to reference. You don't know up from down. You don't know right from wrong. And you get yourself in a situation in life where you are broken, where you are in despair. Listen, God still loves you. God still wants you. I know you're hurting. I know you've made mistakes. I know you've tried church before. Don't give up yet. There's an escape coming. There's a chance coming that you're coming out, that God is going to deliver you, that God is going to. Tonight is for the pit dwellers. It's time to come out. It's time to see the light of day. Today is your day. Today is the day to start a new journey, a new adventure with Christ, one with many uncertainties, but one guarantee that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. This is a call to those that are tired of dwelling in dark places, of tired of reliving your past, of tired of the walls seemingly unscalable, a constant reminder of what could have been, the chatter of those that pass by bringing days of innocence back to your mind. You can come out. I don't care if homosexual binds you. I don't care if depression binds you. I don't care if transgenderism binds you. I don't care if addiction binds you. God has got a plan. God has got a remedy to pull you out of the pit. I know for many this is not revolutionary. But let me tell somebody this. You've got to first recognize that you're in a pit. You've got to first recognize that the situation you're in, you are not getting out of by your, by your own remedies. God designed that pit that only he can be a ledge to you. Only he can be a foothold to you. Only he can be a rope to you. You've tried before and failed. But if you try Christ, 
Now let me get let me get here with somebody. You've tried relationships. And you reached for that ledge as a way to get out. And you found yourself, despite your efforts, despite your, despite your energies of trying to scale that wall back where you started. Many try to find a foothold somewhere in the rock to push themselves up. We call it addiction. We, we call it alcoholism. We call it all manner of things because it is just a temporary fix. But when you finally put your feet back on the ground, you haven't gained any ground. And God is reaching for you today, saying, you've tried it all. Try me. You've tried it all. Try Jesus. Try hope. Try peace. Come on, I'm reaching for a new person. I'm reaching for somebody. Last week you were, you were hopping bars, and on Tuesday night you're in service. God loves you. God is for you. God sent a preacher here to tell you, you can't escape. God does have a summit. God does have a family for you. The deeper your pit, let me tell you something, you're going to rejoice on the summit. That's why you can't mock people who are running around this church and are praising God and are lifting their hands. You don't know the pit God pulled them out of. You don't know, you don't know the mountaintop they're experiencing right now. You don't know the bill God just came through for them. You don't know the relationship God put together. I'm talking about real change. I'm talking about real transformation, real deliverance. See, too often, too often we see the Hillsong Church where they're lifting their hands and they're praising God. And listen, I don't want to take anything away from that. God bless them. But there's not true transformation. There's not true change. They're going right back to the pit that they were dug out of. And let me tell somebody, when you experience true transformation, you can't help but clap your hands. You can't help but lift up. You can't help but say, thank you, Jesus. You can't help but have a tear drop from your face. Because I'm on the summit. And I know, I know brother so-and-so, he just coasted over this summit. But my God, I was born without spiritual legs. And it took me 10 months to get to the top of this summit. So I'm just going to rejoice while I'm up here. This is why comparison has no place in the brother and sisterhood. Because comparison, you don't know. You, you think you know, but you don't know. And so we begin to gauge our, our blessing off of somebody else's blessing. And what we don't understand is what is a beat down junker to you is a, is a blessing to them. What a, what a broke down, beat up house is to you is a blessing to them. Because they were living on the street. They were living in their car. And let me tell somebody, rejoice with them that rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Because when they finally get on the mountaintop, it may not look like much to you. But it's a blessing to them. I want to infuse hope into somebody. I want to fuse hope into somebody that has tried so many things. You've been taken more. You've been taken in more times than you than you can count. You've been brought into more pyramid schemes, more more get rich quick schemes. You're so hesitant to try anything. Let me tell you something. This is this is a great this is a great thermometer. Get on your knees and pray and say, God, I don't know about this, but help me. God, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I. I don't know if you, I've got it in me. But God, give me the strength. God. Let me tell you a prayer that I've prayed a whole lot of times. God, I have, I, I, I have, I, I believe.
unbelief. God, I know you can do it, but there's still parts of me that I don't know if I'm ever going to really escape. I don't know if I'm ever going to see light on the end of this tunnel. God, help me. Somebody believe again. Somebody have hope again. Somebody dream again. Somebody have, have a desire to be used by God again. Somebody reach out again. You've been damaged. You've been hurt. People have done you wrong. But reach again. Try again. Believe again. Genesis chapter 37 tells us that Joseph was come unto his own brethren. And they stripped Joseph of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him into the pit. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it. There was no padding. He hit the ground with the thud. The size, somebody say with me. I'm almost done. The size and the depth of your pit in light of the power of Jesus Christ really doesn't matter. The size and the depth of your scenario, of your shortcomings, of your handicaps, when compared to the power of Jesus Christ, is totally inconsequential. Too often, we focus on the logistics of how we got in the pit, wasting precious time and resources trying to understand where we went wrong and the conditions of our trial. Frankly, when you are in the pit, your one and only concern must be, how do I get out? How do I get back on dry land? How do I get back to where Jesus is? How do I get back on my journey? We spend too much time sitting in the pit calculating, what did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? Listen, just hit your knees and say, Jesus, I'm coming out. Jesus, I'm going forward. I messed up. I dropped the ball, but I'm coming out. Come on, I'm feeling something now. I've got to come out. I don't matter how I got there. You're going to make mistakes, church. You're going to fall, young person. Sometimes the pit is going to become so disorienting. You are going to be challenged to begin to make lifelong choices in the pit. Now somebody stay with me for a second. Sometimes your pit becomes so dark and so disorienting. You become, you, you start to make life-altering choices while you're in the pit. Let me tell somebody, when you're in a dark place, when you're in a time where you are fighting for your spiritual life, it is no time to look for a new church. It is no time to start Googling our theology because you are in the pit. The only concern you should have, somebody listen to me. When you are in the pit, your one and only concern is, God, get me back in my right mind. God, I'm not making choices when I can't think right. I'm not making, I'm not, I'm not leaving my wife. I'm not leaving my kids. I'm not leaving the church when I can't think. I've got, I gotta get back in the light. I gotta eat again. I gotta get in the word. I gotta get in front of the man of God. But I am not going to make a life 
life-altering decision in a time of darkness. No, I'm staying here. I'm staying here a while. Listen. I want to say this right. But even the most seasoned Christians will sometimes find themselves in a moment of disillusion, wondering, God, what happened? Where did I go wrong? What, what got me here? And let me tell you, it can be scary, and it can be dark, and we have to lean into Jesus, and we have to say, God, I trust you. And listen, God is for you. Your pit is not designed to destroy you. It is not designed to make you bitter. It is not designed to make you angry. It is designed to make you better. I want to challenge somebody that you've been living in dark places and you're starting to look for a new church. You're starting to look for a new pastor. You're starting to wonder about, well, maybe this doesn't work. Let me tell you something. Wait till you get back in the presence of God. Wait till you're in the illumination of his presence before you start making life-altering decisions. Because choices you make in the dark are choices you're going to have to live with. And too many people made choices in the dark only one day to climb out and say, I am not where I wanted to be. Get in front of Christ and say, God, I, I, I don't know up from down. I don't know left from right right now. But God, illuminate my situation. God, pull me out of here. Put my feet back on solid ground. And when you get back up, then start. I'll tell you, your choices on dry ground will be a whole lot different than your choices in the pit. Let's pray. One of the things that is going to have to be recalibrated if you are going to experience the deliverance God has for you is your attitude. If you're going to escape the pit, you're going to have to adjust your game plan. And that means changing the level of your tenacity. No casual Christians are going to heaven. No, 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 no. No half-hearted believers are going to make it to the end of this. Let me tell you something. It's going to be all in, brother. You've got to be all in. I don't want to take away from anybody's faith thus far. But let me tell you, there's something about 20, 2019, the world we're living in, that you're going to have to be all in. If you're going to be effective once back in the life outside of the pit, you are going to have to change your attitude from how does this benefit me and a hope of conservation to living a life of sacrifice. Living a life of whatever it takes. Whatever the cost, whatever the height, whatever the depth, whatever the length. The reason so many of us don't experience true spiritual growth is because our approach to God is too much of an emphasis on self-preservation. Preservation of our kingdoms and our goals and not willing to abandon our plans to pursue Christ's plans for us.
When we come out of the pit, we're going to have to think differently. Think differently to get out and think differently to stay out. Adjusting our attitude, adjusting our differences, adjusting our frustrations to say, my God, once I'm out of this, I am not going back. Let me share this with you before I go on. Many of you know this, but I'm an entrepreneur. I started a business almost 10 years ago. And five, six, seven years into my business, maybe around six, I was praying in this prayer room right here. And any of those that have started a business know that uh, it's extremely difficult and trying. And... I I had just felt like I had just given so much of myself to this business and just wasn't getting anything out of it. And and let me tell you, when you've poured five, six years of your life into something and you still feel like it's putting, it hurts. And I was in the prayer room and I was just trying to work God over. And I was saying, God, what is going on? I'm living for God. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to obey my pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm being faithful to my wife. I'm working hard. What is going on? And I, I was just, I, I was frustrated and I was angry because I had spent so much time and energy and just was not getting the, the fulfillment out of it that I wanted. And God spoke to me and he told me, he said, Aaron, once you come out of this trial you're in, I'm never bringing you back here. And when I heard that voice, it changed my attitude. And I said, God, however long it takes, I want to learn what I got to learn. Because I know, God, when I come out of it, if I did not get out of that scenario and that trial, what I was supposed to learn, I missed it. And God showed me, Aaron, press in where you're at. Don't try to escape the plan. Don't dodge it. Don't jump ship now. Stay with it. Because when you come out, you're never going back. But I need you to learn something from this pit. I need you to learn something from this time of darkness. And for me, it was reliance on him. For me, it was, my God, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. And God stepping in. And it was a time that I needed to I needed to grow in the pit. And I'll tell you, once God brought me out of that, it hasn't been easy, but it's never been like that again. Because God has blessed me and God has kept me because I didn't abandon the pit. I've got an incredible story that I think will help illustrate what I'm talking about. On April 26, 2003... A beautiful spring day in Utah's Canyonlands National Park, a man by the name of Aaron Ralston scaled the walls and crevices of Blue John Canyon, a tributary of Horseshoe Canyon. He had a backpack of items that would be useful on his hike, including climbing ropes, carabiners, a camera, a water bottle, and a multi-tool. Ralston had only intended to be out for just one day, and so... Word of his plans made it to no one. He was all alone. As he was descending a part of the canyon, a suspended, a suspended boulder came dislodged and fell down through the canyon, aimed 
right at Aaron. Fortunately, there was a, the opening narrowed enough that the boulder was relodged and did not crush him. But unfortunately, it had pinned his right arm and hand in the process. Determined not to panic, Aaron busied himself with every possible idea and strategy to lift or break the 800-pound boulder that imprisoned him in the canyon. Over the course of three days, he never gave up hope that someone would happen along to come to his rescue or that he would somehow be able to get himself out. He rationed the water he had at the time. He became trapped just 12 ounces of water. Dehydration set in, and he vacillated between delirium and his sober acceptance that he would probably die in his pit. He entertained the possibility of severing his arm to free himself from the boulder, but despaired when he knew that the two-inch dull blade on his multi-till would not be sufficient, sufficient to carve through the tenders and the bones. On the fifth day when his water supply was totally exhausted, he began to record goodbyes to his family and friends on camera and carved his name and his presumed date of death in one of the sandstone walls that seemed to be his tomb. Let me tell somebody here real quick. This is not on my notes. I rebuke a spirit of death. I rebuke a spirit on young people that say, I'm not going to live long enough. I might as well just live it all up until the day I die. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. God's got an incredible life for you. God's got a beautiful life for you. You do not have to end your life. You do not have to give up. No, listen. Listen. I've seen this. I've seen this attitude of death. Well, I'm just going to plan on dying. I, 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 I'm 25, 30, but I have no hope. That is not of God. That is not of God. God has life and life more abundantly. The reason why you want to give up on life, the reason why young people are giving up on life, because they have not truly experienced the life Jesus Christ has for them. This man had been trapped five days. His arm lodged. And he was going to have to change his plan if he was going to survive. And I don't want to get real graphic here. But he pulled out that multi-tool. And the story goes that he severed his arm and escaped with his life. He has gone on to be a renowned climber. All because in the midst of his pit, he changed strategies. Let me challenge somebody. The Bible records, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. If your hand offends you, cut it off. And listen, I, 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 I'm not encouraging this physically. But I want to tell somebody, you need to start challenging the things in your life that are holding you back from really escaping. You need to look at those things in your life that you endear, that you love, that you treasure so much, and say, if you are between me and heaven, you got to go. If you are between me and my peace, you got to go. If you're going to hold, if you are, hold, if you are lodged, no, somebody hear me. If you are lodged deep enough 
that the only way I am getting out with my life is I have to abandon that way of thinking. I have to abandon my pride. I have to abandon my opinion. My God, abandon your opinion. Your family is worth it. Your life is worth it. Heaven is worth it. Jesus is worth it. Come on, somebody stand to your feet. I am all done. It is amazing that when we finally get out of that pit that has defined our lives for so long, that the things we felt were so important only held value in the pit. It is so amazing that when your feet finally land on solid ground, the things that were so important in the pit, all of a sudden have no value in the light. Oh man, that relationship was so important in the pit. That way of thinking, it was so valuable to me in the darkness. But now that I can see again, now that I can breathe the fresh air again, all of a sudden, the tools of the pit, they're of no value anymore. And those that have up top, that have been reaching for you and pulling on you, finally you see, my God, you were right. Those things that were, that were trapping me in the pit were only of value as long as it took me. I want to encourage somebody. There is life on the other side of your darkness. There is hope on the other side of your darkness. I don't care what you've done and what's been done to you. God is for you. God loves you. But let me challenge somebody today. If you want out, you're going to have to change your plan. You're going to have to start adjusting your thinking to biblical thinking. You're going to have to start employing mechanics of the word of God. Like prayer, like faith, like Bible study, like church services, like worship. And start putting to work land principles and trade them in for pit concepts. Let's pray. I'm coming down the home stretch. Come on, I hope somebody here feels encouraged. I hope a new person understands that even it does. If your pit is 50 feet deep, your, your summit's going to be that much better, friend. When you finally get out, when you finally get on that mountaintop, your summit experience is going to be unbelievable. It is going to be incredible because you're going to be able to look back and say, look what God brought me out of. Look at the hell God delivered me from. It is amazing. It is powerful. But you're going to have to change your strategy. yet experience the pit that life has to tell you right now press into Jesus hold on to Jesus don't, don't make yourself challenging life has a way of throwing challenges at you all on its own 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12 says beloved think it not strange 
concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Friend, when you come in contact with Jesus, let, let a new person hear me real quick. When you finally dig past the darkness that has held you so long and you touch Jesus, it will change your life. It'll change your thinking. It'll change how you see friends. It'll change how you see the media. It'll change how you see the world. Because when you get in contact with light, it doesn't look like legalism anymore. It looks like hope. It doesn't look like bondage anymore. It looks like freedom. But you got to come out of the pit. The pit has defined you too long. The pit has told you who you are too long. I'm wrapping this up. When you finally see yourself, when you finally can identify who you really are, you're a whole lot better than you think you are. You're a whole lot more beautiful than you think you are. I was reading today about Gideon where the Bible says, Thou mighty man of valor. And he was hiding in his pit, threshing. And let me tell you, when you're in darkness, it's hard to get a good idea of who you are. I was listening to my little girl. She was going through a book. She's at that age now where she can see a picture of herself and identify herself and see herself. And it's so cool for her to see herself in a little baby and say, Allison, who is that? That's Allison, Daddy. And her ability to identify and to see herself. Somebody, you've lived in the pit so long, you don't know how much God loves you. You don't know how much calling is on your life. You don't know how much direction God's got for you. You, you have been too defined by darkness. And when you get out and you finally feel the wind on your face again, and start to believe that God is for me. God loves me. I'm a child of God. Let's pray, church. Some of us have been defined by darkness too long. It's time to come out. It's time to adjust your game plan. God is not mad at you. God is not done with you. Is there anybody here that's got enough faith? And listen, this is going to be a call. Anybody here that's got enough faith to step out and say, listen. I've been living in a pit too long. I've been living in a dark place too long. And I want to come out. Is there anybody here that you want to come out today? I want to open this altar to somebody that you've been dwelling in dark places too long. God's got hope for you. God's got life for you. But you're going to have to step out in faith at some point. This idea of preservation, this idea of hiding. This, God, listen, 
God is going to expose us, and sometimes that exposing, we don't want to see what's there. It hurts when God exposes, but there's life there. There's life in the exposing. Let's pray. God, I got to come out. God, I want to come out of a dark place. This altar's open to anyone that is tired, that is worn out, that says, God, I want to believe again. I want to have innocence again. I want to have purity again. I want to feel your love again, God. Come on, is there anybody here willing to press through the darkness? Is there anybody here that knows that when I come out, I am going all the way to the summit? I am not giving in. I am not throwing in the towel. Let me encourage somebody. Don't leave here how you came. God spent too much time and energy to get you here. God spent too many resources to get you here. Come out, come out, come out, come out, come out. Wherever you are, just lift your hands. Let me, let's just do that. Wherever you are in this building, lift your hands. God, I don't get it. I don't understand it all. But God, I want to see. God, I want to feel again. God, I want joy again. Come on, somebody, don't get bitter. Get better. Come on, somebody, don't get bitter. Yeah. 